This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. Welcome back to another edition of First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network and wherever you decide to pick up your favorite podcast. Thanks for picking us up. I am Eric Kravit, a.k.a. The Crav, joined across the internet, across county lines, and across multiple highways and parkways and freeways. It is Bill Nye, the Dynasty Guy, and Will, we have a huge series of shows coming up, don't we? Huge? How huge? Like, huge? Huge like the old commercial in Albany with the guy selling Hyundais. Oh, boy. That's, yeah, the, that, that's that, pretty that, big right there. That, that, that's a real big goddamn huge. And if if you aren't from the Capital District of New York State, you have no idea what we're talking about to an extent. Every town, every city has their own weird used car salesman that says the sales are huge. This is just our guy. This is just the guy that we grew up with and somebody who we love and he's very near and very dear to our hearts. Much like our Twitter handle is at FDD underscore ethos. We're also at BNK radio. We've covered all of our rankings and now it's time as we prepare for the final month of the season to really get into you know our preferences guys we like kind of start actually breaking down some of the in-depth who we think you should take this year uh guys to trade for startups etc we're gonna do we're gonna do it by tiers yeah we're gonna do it by tiers just kind of because you can't have everybody unless um unless you're gravid and you you know do unsightly things to people whoa, somehow, whoa, 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 to somehow whoa, whoa, get them whoa, 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 to give whoa, whoa, whoa. you time, first time round out, picks time out, time and out. tier first, one players. Okay, time out. First, yes. you take the first, you take the intro from the host. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'll, I, I, I can appreciate that. This is a give and take show. We give, we take from each other. What it's what makes us us you to cast aspersions, to cast doubt on the. Air when it's not even close to warranted, this sir is unacceptable. You know, like the voice doesn't match, but I like felt you harnessing Stewie Griffin in okay. that. Like you wanted to, you wanted to do damage in that. <laughs> no, listen, if I want to do damage, all I need to do is open my mouth and say what I want to say. I don't need uh, to harness any any voices <laughs> or anything like that. But this episode of first down dynasty we're going to be breaking down our wide receiver tiers who we like where we like them how we like them and why we like them and will and i have different tiers for different people but they're all in the same family and the way you want to do it if you're drafting by tiers you separate guys you like into bunches the first group are the people that you wouldn't be mad at drafting first second third fourth down the list we go so the first group of wide receivers for will and myself is justin jefferson jamar chase cd lamb and cooper cup and you could honestly put justin jefferson and jamar chase in their own elite category above those two guys and isn't it funny will that you have cooper cup in the first tier how how bizarre I mean, not really bizarre. The man's bizarre. a year removed of having the best receiving season of all time. But, 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 but didn't we just go over how uh, how um uh, how, how when you give up 
secondary players for first tier players and first round picks. And I'm looking at Cooper cup ranked two tiers above the person that I traded for. Doesn't that make what I did reasonable? If anything, I lost, I no, lost out because I no, gave up an early second round pick. I mean, just, just by your logic anyway, between Jefferson Jamar chase, CD lamb and Cooper cup in that top tier of guys. Tell me why you have Jamar Chase as the guy that you would prefer over everybody else there at ADP. Well, right now, I mean, him and Justin Jefferson, like you said, are at this point, given their age, given their stature, kind of a little bit above everybody else. They also both have very good quarterbacks. Jamar Chase has slightly better quarterback, uh, albeit an injured one at the moment. But you look at Jamar's rapport, uh, you look at his first few years, very good top to bottom. You really can't have, you know, much better than a, a start to a career as a receiver. And the because they, you know, knew each other, they really didn't hit any, you know, speed bumps, kind of just went right into it. But going into year three, that, that that's the crazy thing. He actually took a slight step back, dealt with some injuries last year. But going into year three, this is the year that you're supposed to make that crazy jump. And the fact that he's starting off coming off two 1,000-yard seasons and 22 total touchdowns already, I just feel like right now this year, Jamar Chase is slated to be the number one receiver in fantasy this year. And I say that as a T. Higgins owner in a few places – and I still think T is going to have a chance for his touches. But I don't know, just like a gut feeling based on numbers, based on, um, you know, the ever-increasing rapport with Burrow. I feel like he's slated, you know, to have like a 1,500-plus yard season. He's had 80 catches each of the last two seasons and 87 catches last year in 12 games. And he did miss a few. So over 100 catches, over 1,500 yards and double-digit touchdowns coming in for Jamar Chase. I really do like Jamar Chase. I have him in plenty of leagues, and I also have Justin Jefferson in plenty of leagues. They're a coin toss to me, if I'm being honest with you, and it'll be very difficult for Justin Jefferson to reproduce just the brilliant season he had last year. 128 receptions, over 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns, 1,833 total yards. You know what that means. That means he ran the ball a couple of times, ladies and gentlemen, and he ran for a touchdown too. So nine total touchdowns. He did disappear in the playoff game against Giants, but playoff games don't really matter when it comes to fantasy football. I do think that the gap between Jefferson and Chase will be closer than a lot of people think. And I was the person, you know, a while ago that said that Jamar Chase could be the person to supplant Justin Jefferson as the number one wide receiver starting this year. That being said, the rumors out of camp is that Jordan Addison is that guy. Jordan Addison has been having an amazing training camp preseason. We're going to see what he looks like this weekend with the official first week of the play of the preseason we had the Hall of Fame game last Thursday with the Jets losing to the Browns, and we're not here to talk about that. We are here, however, to talk about how I think Jordan Addison is going to take away a lot of pressure from Justin Jefferson. And when you have TJ Hawkinson running up the middle in the seam, he could probably even line up as the slot receiver. 
Justin Jefferson could eclipse 200 targets this year. He had 184 last year. So that's that's not even an extra targeted game. And he converted those 184 targets into 128 catches. You already heard the stats. I already said them. I don't need to say it again. But doesn't that contradict your statement about Addison? Like if he's that guy, wouldn't targets flow away from Justin Jefferson? Yes, but then you remember that Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, and Justin Jefferson all had over 100 receptions last year. I actually forgot he was actually healthy at all last year. There you go. Being Thielen. Yeah, so it's not as if Justin Jefferson was the lone alpha and he was force-fed those 184 targets. There were people on either side of him. Like He was obviously the main focus of the offense, but there were other options out there. And with an upgrade over Adam Thielen in Jordan Addison in a full season of TJ Hawkinson, and now the running back room is not led by Dalvin Cook, which means I think they're going to throw the ball a lot more than they did last season. To me, it's not impossible for Justin Jefferson to still be the number one wide receiver. I don't know if he'll recreate what he did last year, I could definitely see him getting more targets. 200 targets, I think, is a realistic expectation for Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um, that's, you know, t- obviously no-brainers. Even Tier 2 is all no-brainers, probably Tier 3 as well. Uh, tier 2 is, you know, roughly A.J. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross St. Brown, T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill, and maybe you throw a few more in there, Devontae Adams, depending on how you want to look at it, Chris Olave, potentially those guys are tier two, tier three, borderline. Uh, Kravit, give me a tier two guy that you absolutely love this year. Well, I see that you have Garrett Wilson, so I'm not going to take Garrett Wilson from you. Oh, although, thank you. Thank you although, so much. Although I obviously, like, it's impossible not to love Garrett Wilson this year. I'm going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown mm. for the Detroit Lions, especially in a full PPR format. He's coming in really healthy. He's also having an amazing camp, joint practices with the Giants this year. This week, I should say. He's already caught a couple of touchdowns. He had 150 targets last year, 1,160 yards, six touchdowns, so the touchdown numbers can go up. And remember, most of last year, he was the guy with Josh Reynolds on the other side of him. When they traded away TJ Hawkinson, he was really the guy to step up. Sam Laporta is a guy they drafted at tight end. A lot of people do seem to like him. They drafted Jameer Gibbs. A lot of people seem to like him as well. But he and Jared Goff just have something right now. And Hendon Hooker is not a threat to take over the quarterback position with the signing of Teddy Bridgewater this week. One year, five mil. How you doing, Teddy? Congratulations. Why couldn't you be good for us? Damn it. No, I can't do that. I'm just going to make myself really sad. Um. I think Amon Ross St. Brown can be a really good, maybe top four PPR wide receiver. He is a target vacuum. Are you concerned at all? You know, obviously not to start the season, but mid-season, Jamison Williams comes back. You've heard some mixed reports. You've heard practices where he looks absolutely unguardable, and you've heard other practices where Jamison Williams has really struggled. Uh, Does his return concern you at all? Absolutely not. Jamison Williams is still playing prove it ball. He was healthy for an eighth of the season last year. And when he was on the field, he didn't really contribute that much. 
He did have that one game where he had the long touchdown to begin the game, and that was it. He didn't see anything else, and the offense was ho-hum as usual. People forget the Detroit Lions offense was the top five offense in the league last year. They scored just as many points on the regular season as the Minnesota Vikings did. It was the defense that was the issue. Now, the defense is short up. The offensive line is better. They have a completely revamped, I should say, backfield in Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. That offense is going to kill people. And I do think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be at the forefront of that. I could see him eclipsing 1,300 yards. I think there's a positive touchdown regression incoming. He can get to eight or nine pretty easily if the offense does what it's supposed to do. Now talk to me about Garrett Wilson, you sniping bastard. Well, we are, if, if anyone has not been informed, Krav and I are both, in fact, Jet fans. Yes, we know we're going to get some hate because everyone loves to hate us, especially with us on primetime television now. Uh, but Garrett Wilson last year as a rookie had over a thousand yards. And I would like to, I cannot emphasize this enough. He had over a thousand yards with the shattered body of Joe Flacco and Mike White, which replaced Zach Wilson because he couldn't cut it. So three guys, one of which is out of the league and the other two are entrenched backups. Now he had a thousand yards with them. And then you give him to one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen play this game who has already not not directly compared them, but he sees a lot of traits that he see, saw when he worked with Devontae Adams. It's not a comparison. It's just saying he sees the similar traits, traits so that if he can you know, build a rapport with him, there is a potential that, that he has a lot of that kind of success. And if he has that rapport, not to say that the other weapons on the Jets are not very, very solid, but clearly there is a number one. And very clear, clearly, if he falls in love with him, Aaron Rodgers will force feed Garrett Wilson. And you could be looking at 150 plus targets easy and over 100 catches easy for Garrett Wilson with a quarterback that, as we know, can throw back shoulder throws for days, easy completion after easy completion. Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, not saying he's going to become Devontae Adams, but you're moving more towards that direction than anything else. I'll say that he's going to become Devontae Adams. They already got the numbers down. He's still going to be looking for number 17 regardless. This is true. I do think that Garrett Wilson can force his way into the top three, top four wide receiver conversation just below Cooper Cup, not Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, that would be know. nice and cd lamb um the, <laughs> the next tier is you know a group of like six seven guys olave devonta smith stefan diggs drake london dk metcalf Devonte adams and jackson smith and jigba i'm gonna go ahead and surprise surprise will i know you're never gonna see this coming i like chris olave more than i like everybody else in this group how shocked, now, tell me sc- How shocked are you on a scale of one to ten before I tell you why? Not 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 shocked at all. I will say both you and I both also love their number three receiver, 
Mr. Rashid, Rashid, Shahid, I can't say. I'm sorry. You can do it. I, I listen. I, I, I believe in you, Will. <laughs> Rashid Shahid. There you anyway, go. Anyway, wasn't that hard? Well, the tongue twisters and all that. That's fine. But so we do like him. He was emerging last year as a rookie as well. And reports at a camp, Michael Thomas is actually participating daily in practice and is healthy. What that actually means, not sure. But a healthy Michael Thomas does not actually bode well for the immediate future of Chris Olave as he will take touches away from him. Listen, we're, we're, we're drafting for dynasty. We're drafting for longevity here. And if you're going to sit here and tell me that you, as a Chris Olave shareholder, are scared of Michael Thomas's longevity and his season-long viability, you must be brand goddamn new to fantasy football. Are I you? Think, no, we're um, 17 years now. Yeah. Okay. So you can sit there and tell me that wow. Michael Thomas working out scares you a little bit. You well, can what, sit what, there and tell me that Rashid Shahid, you know, really scares you. You can tell me that Jamal Williams scares you with three game suspension. Alvin Kamara scares you. Whether or not Kareem Hunt is signing there, who knows? Me and you don't know. That's for damn sure. Kendra Miller was drafted as well. Listen. Derek Carr was able to do one thing well last year. Piss us off as his owners? Two things well last year. One, piss off his fantasy shareholders. And two, find Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams led the league in touchdowns last year. I think Chris Olave slides perfectly into that Devontae Adams role. And if Michael Thomas is healthy, great. If Rashid Shaheed needs to, you know, be healthy and step up, even though he's nursing a hamstring right now. Great. There's a lot of love to go around in that New Orleans offense with a, you know, new system with Derek Carr there. I do think Chris Olave is going to be reaping the benefits. I, 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 I'm going to have the over on the touchdowns compared to last year. He's going to have more than four. So that's not what I'm worried about with Chris Olave. Talk to me about your pick. Um, well, a lot of rookies from last year, a lot of these second year guys looking to make the next step. And mine is Drake London, Drake London up and down last year. Obviously, the offense was a little bit of a mess. Uh, once they made the change from Mariota to Ritter, much bigger target share percentage for Drake London, nearly 35 percent the last month plus of the season. On top of that, just a good rapport in general. And obviously, we know about B. John Robinson. He's going to be the main runner. He's going to be involved in the passing game. We get that. But outside of Kyle Pitts, no real other big targets. And Kyle Pitts, as we know, is kind of at this point still fighting becoming a full-time disappointment. Solid numbers, but compared to what he was expected and supposed to be capable of, not that great. So, you know, maybe London is the number two option behind Bijan. We'll see how that plays out. But either way, I still expect the big target share, and he is still potentially a red zone monster. We've been and talking. So, we've been talking about him for a few weeks, specifically the Falcons. They're going to run the ball sixty percent of the time. Well, we'll see about that. I I, I don't know, but in that other forty percent, it's still going to be a high target share. Like I said, 
They don't have many other options. If they're only throwing the ball 20 times a game, 35% of that is still seven targets. I I, I see. Here's I still think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more than you think they will be. Uh, I, I do not think. No one in this modern NFL is going to run 60% of the time. See, we said that. We, we, we said that. The NFL is cyclical, is it not? There was a point in time where there was no way in hell a team would throw 40% of the time. Now we're that's now the we're, same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but that but that's exactly what I'm saying, kind of, right? Like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when running backs actually mattered, teams were throwing the ball 35-40% of the time. And they would so say saying, RB lives matter. I, I, listen, RB lives 190% matter, let me tell you. What yeah. I'm snap, but now I'm saying I think Arthur Smith last year, I'm not gonna say it was a bust. But I will say that he does that last year. He wasn't able to implement the exact offense he wanted to implement because he didn't have his Derrick Henry type guy. Now he's got him and he's better than Derrick Henry was ever supposed to be. So when you install an Arthur Smith offense like that. I'm not saying B. John is going to be getting 35, 40 carries a game. No, no, no. But I'm saying Tyler Algier last year was fine on his own, ran for a thousand yards. Rumors Cordero Patterson is going to find his way into the pass game. I'll believe that when I see it. Well, I don't uh, trust Cordero Patterson. At he all. was a wide receiver. They used him as a running back, one for no better options, and two, he actually excelled in that role. And even being injured last year, he still had 700 rushing yards, a couple more receiving. He nearly had a thousand yards total, and he missed half the season. So he still is talented. I think he's 33 now, so obviously a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But barring no, like, who's their number two receiver? Mac Hollins. Don't, so don't diss Mac Hollins. I I I I I can I can diss Mac Hollins a little bit. So even if Cordell became the number two receiver as more of a receiver and a running back, there's still something there. Either way, I think when you look at everything that this offense has. I do think it's going to be more balanced. I don't think it's going to be a 60% run share. I definitely think, you know, I'll give you like 54%. That's right. what I'll give. I'll give you 54%. I'll, I don't... Be, I'll, I'll be real honest with you, Will. I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor Heineke is leading the offense come the middle of the year. I disagree with you. You have you have no faith in Ritter. And no, I, I don't. And you were correct. Matt Collins is the other receiver starting outside of Drake London. Right. Like they're I mean I would love to be wrong because I do have some Drake London here and there. I have some Kyle Pitts there and there here and there. Well I, I really, really, really don't see Drake London outperforming guys like Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs. Like I do like Drake London this year, but I I'm I'm much further down on him than you are. Well let's look at it this way as well. One, he's still young compared to some of the other guys, obviously not including like Olave or Devonta Smith. But are the Atlanta Falcons a really good team? No. Are they going to win the division? Probably not. Will they be playing from behind? Most likely. Kravit, can you really run the ball at a 60% clip if you're behind in games a lot? When you have the best running back in the league? 
who hasn't played it not. yet and does not deserve that moniker? The, the answer is the answer is no. <laughs> you cannot run the ball if you're trailing late in games all the time. But I so mean, they will have to pass. I, I'm not which saying all, they won't have to pass at all. I'm saying but, that they're going to run the ball sixty percent. So what? But what I'm saying, well, we obviously disagree on that. But what I'm also saying is garbage time points are a thing. And when you have a lot of garbage time points, when you're playing from behind, who you're going to go to? Your number one receiver. So there is that. Yes, that number one receiver being B. John Robinson. Moving Lies. on to the next tier. This is a group of 10 guys. I'm going to read them in a row, and then you're going to tell me why you picked the guy that I wanted to pick before I could pick him. If, you if, monster. If, if, if you would like to pick him, you know what? It's a it's a give and take, Kravit. I took before, and now I will give back to you, sir. Okay, so I will read so the much. list. I will read the list. And I will allow you to discuss your favorite receiver from this group. Thanks, we have bye. DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Ad- Jordan Addison, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, Traylon Burks, and Terry McLaurin. Now, Kravitz, if you would please. I am so happy that Brock Purdy is healthy. I am so happy that, I, I, I mean, technically anybody can be the quarterback for the 49ers but an actual quarterback is going to be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers over Sam Darnold and over Trey Lance because Brandon Ayuk has the chance and the opportunity. And I'm not afraid to say it. He has the opportunity to become a top 12 guy over the next couple of years. If he continues to grow in this offense. Debo Samuel's viability has been shot down to death with the arrival of Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle is over 30. Brendan Ayuk is sitting there in the prime of his career in the most autopilot offense in the entire NFL with the opportunity to be the number one guy, lead the team in targets, in receptions, maybe not touchdowns because George Kittle is still a thing and he's a massive right of zone presence. But if I'm looking for somebody in between the 20s and I'm not running the ball, I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be the guy for the 49ers this year. I think he's a really, really, really sneaky wide receiver two pick that can turn into a wide receiver one by midseason. From this group, I'm going to say... Exactly everything that Kravitz just said, but for Debo Samuel. Look, that was easy. Oh, baby. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your hard work, Kravitz. Uh, no, but um, I do like Debo as well. I think he had a down year. I think coming off that hard playoff loss two years ago and obviously was a little banged up last year, took a step back. I think he does bounce back a little bit. Uh, but from this group, um, I was going to say DJ Moore, but... You know, obviously, he's had experience with a predominantly running quarterback before. And while it was good, it was never great. Um, I'm kind of feeling it's going to be the same way. I will take Christian Watson. I know Jordan Love is a question mark. But Christian Watson, at, towards the end of last year, showed that he is definitely a absolute playmaker and can be great. So even if it's not necessarily with Jordan Love this year, Whoever they do get in the future, they do have a knack for finding quarterbacks. So I'm going to believe in what I saw last year as far as Christian Watson's talent. I'm going to believe that he does, in fact, get better. 
skill set wise, he has a rare combination of size and speed. Um, so I'm going to take Christian Watson from this group. I'm okay with that. We're going to run through the next few tiers. What is this? Tiers five, six, and seven. Yes, sir. Five, six, and seven. I have two guys in tier five that I like. I love Jahan Dotson and I love Calvin Ridley. And you also I, like Calvin Ridley. I do like Calvin Ridley. Obviously, the Trevor Lawrence thing is kind of the big key there. Um, there's a lot of guys that, to like here as far as potential. Uh, Jameson Williams is in this tier all the town of the world, but reportedly is dealing with constant injuries, and I just can't trust that. Coach also, like, one thing about Jameson Williams yes. that I didn't mention when I was talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. Coach said that he's never going to be a hands guy, but his speed is more than enough to make up for it. What that well, tells me is that he can catch the ball very well. And he might, drop it. He, he might turn into Debo Samuel, oh which is a great ceiling for Jamison Williams. Not somebody I'm trying to put all my uh, eggs into their basket with. Yeah, but the problem with that comparison is, while extremely flattering, Debo Samuel is a physical specimen and Jameson Williams is tiny. So not great if you're going to have to become Debo. I don't think he's going to survive that way. And he's already plagued with injuries. Uh, I do love Zay Flowers from this group. Obviously, the rookie showing a lot. Very quick, perfect fit for Lamar Jackson getting down the field. Uh, so I do like that. Um can I talk about Calvin Ridley and Jahan Dotson before we move just a little baby please, bit? Thank you very please. much. Jahan Dotson last year was a touchdown machine. Machine. <clears throat> machine. And that was with Taylor Heineke. Believe it or not, a lot of people see Sam Howell as an upgrade over Taylor Heineke this year. And Howell has had a very, very, very productive camp. And he and both the both Jahan Watson, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Both of those guys are building a really good relationship and have a lot of nice natural rhythm with Sam Howell. Terry McLaurin is still going to be the number one receiver in that offense, obviously. But remember, we're going long-term here. I think Jahan Dotson could be a real wide receiver too in this league if and when he leaves Washington. Because Sam Howell is supposed to be good, bottom-of-the-barrel starter for most of these teams. So if Jahan Dotson moves somewhere where he's able to have a better quarterback throwing his way sky's the limit for him and calvin ridley hasn't played football in two years first and foremost he was hurt then he was suspended can't underscore that enough was he's he, almost he out the whole year two years ago? i'm trying to remember i think, I think he played year? like one game or something okay. it's a facto it's been two years since calvin ridley has played meaningful football he is going to want to prove to the world that he is that guy. And so far, he and Trevor Lawrence are lighting Jacksonville on fire when it comes to preseason, when it comes to training camp. I think Calvin Ridley is a really, really, really nice person to draft as your wide receiver three or four. I'm looking at this next tier. I don't like anybody here other than Jonathan Mingo. And believe it or not, Brandon Cooks, being the, being the second wide receiver in Dallas, could pseudo resurrect his career he was phenomenal before he went to houston i think a lot of people do not remember that brandon cooks was that guy brandon cooks has always been that guy he has a thousand yard years gets traded for first round picks and ends up somewhere else like every other year that's what he does um 
And in an offense that predominantly loves to run, has a great number one in possession receiver, a guy that takes the top off the ball, fantastic for them. Um, the guy I love from this tier, unfortunately, is a guy that I really wish worked out for the Jets, especially because we just got our quarterback, and he'd have a much different time of it if he was still here. Elijah Moore with Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to be the best connection on that team. And I'm a big fan of Njoku, who we'll mention later on. But I definitely think he's going to finally break out and show that he belongs. Not necessarily in the category of A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf, but he falls in line with that tradition of quality receivers from Ole Miss. And it's unfortunate for me to say, because like I said, I do wish it was with the Jets. Uh, Wide receiver, not a strength for the Kansas City Chiefs, but hey, they don't really need it to be because they have the best quarterback in the world. But reportedly outside of MVS, who is, I guess, technically the one receiver just because of his track record, everyone else being young. Sky Moore is reportedly the wide receiver too and has looked fantastic in camp. In two wide receiver sets, he is the one that is always out there. And I think this year, obviously, the number one is going to be Travis Kelsey. But as far as a second receiver on that team, second weapon, I definitely think he could be that guy. And if he is that guy in that offense, monster year from a guy that you're probably going to be taking relatively late. I like three people in this tier. It's a big tier. I, I know. That's why I like three people. Jaden Reed is supposedly the starting slot receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And whether it's Jordan Love or whoever it's going to be next, we love ourselves some slots. So Jaden Reed in the slot in Green Bay, I think, is going to really, really, really be productive over the course of the next few years while they figure out what to do in Green Bay. And the next two guys I like are from the same team. I like John Mechie and I like Nico Collins. Whoever ends up being the number one receiver, because again, they're going to be the number one receiver. It sure as hell is not going to be Robert Woods. He's there for the veteran presence. So whoever is that, and so far Nico Collins is showing that he is in alpha in camp. Granted, it's for the Texans, so grain of salt there. But (sighs) he's been playing well. Don't yawn at me. How dare you? You were muted, you bastard. We were talking about Houston. I had to yawn. No, you didn't. John Meggie coming back from his cancer diagnosis. Going to have something to prove. And I'll throw Tank Dell on there because apparently he's always open. We have about a minute and a half left from this last tier. Somebody who is not Tank Dell and unfortunately Tim Patrick. Give me somebody that you like from this tier and tell me why it's Hunter Renfro. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not Hunter Renfro, although I do think he has a bounce back year. Compared to last year. Uh, in this tier, I actually really like a few people. I think it's both two giants. I do like Jalen Hyatt, who has immense, immense speed. But more importantly, last year, Isaiah Hodgkins kind of came out of nowhere, helped win some people some leagues with his consistency over the last six-plus weeks. And for lack of any better options going into the year, he is the number one receiver for the New York Giants. And time for Daniel Jones to prove he earned that contract. I don't see any reason why he doesn't continue that. So to get a wide receiver one this late in any potential draft, I would definitely look at Isaiah Hodgkins whether this year and you know maybe the next two or three. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, I think no, no, K. Isaiah Hodgins will be good. 
All the reasons you like Isaiah Hodgins, I like Adam Thielen. Not a lot of real competition on the sides for him. He's already building something nice with Bryce Young. That's all the time we've got for the wide receiver tiers. Come back next week while we go over the running backs. And the week after, you'll hear about some tight ends. Follow us on Twitter at FDD underscore ethos. He's Will. I'm the Crab. We'll see you next time right here on First Down Dynasty. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you.